0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Criminal Crackheads, the podcast where unprofessional crackheads discuss professional criminal matters. Today we'll be talking about questionable interrogation techniques.
1: Okay, so jumping right into it. Canadian police officers are allowed to do some pretty sketchy stuff. they are allowed to lie to suspects that are being interrogated, but the confessions need to be made voluntary. Judges are the ones that decide if these confessions were voluntary or not, so the judge can throw out any confession if the interrogation is too deceiving or overly harsh. The judge also has to throw out any confessions if the suspect is believed to be in a state of distress. See, the thing is, the line between an appropriate lie and an inappropriate lie is too vague and probably needs to be further specified. That's whack as crack. Yeah, it really is. Um, So now we're going to discuss the two major types of interrogation methods um, that really get people riled up. The first one is, you know, the read model. It's commonly used in North America by police officers and investigators to elicit confessions during interrogations. It has a history of being falsely, you know, bringing falsely accused suspects to confess to acts they haven't committed. Probably the most famous example of the READ technique being used is the Central Park 5, which I'm sure is a case most of you know. There are three major components to the Reed technique. And so it starts off with like the factual analysis of the case, or of the suspect, I guess. And then there's the behavioral analysis interview that they have. And then there's an interrogation. So the goal of this investigation is to elicit um, a confession from a suspect, obviously. So the exact way that these read investigations are conducted vary by case and circumstance, but the one thing that they all seem to have in common is right from the jump, the suspect is told by the investigator, like, we believe you're guilty. You're guilty, basically. And so this technique is mostly, you know, most frequently criticized for being more focused on a confession as opposed to gaining, you know, facts or evidence. And research shows that this method of interrogation often provokes false confessions due to its, you know, guilt-provoking nature. You can imagine how stressful it is being told, you're guilty. <laughs> so one component to the read method is to shut down the suspect's attempts to deny information or, you know, provide information that may prove innocence. And a judge in a Canadian court case that you might know, it's R. V. Chapel or Chapelle, I'm not sure stated that although there is no law prohibiting the use of the read technique, I find that it has the ability to extinguish the individual's sacred legal rights to be presumed innocent until proven guilty and to remain silent in the face of police questioning.
0: So judges don't like this technique either? Yeah. But then again, Canadian officers use this less frequently now, right?
1: Yeah, they don't. So another commonly used tactic is the Mr. Big tactic. How it works is that an undercover agent acts as a criminal and then they convince other individuals to take part in low-level crimes. So their relationship will start to develop with the individual and the undercover officer offers to connect the individual with his boss because, you know, they think they're a criminal, right? Um, so that would presumably benefit the individual by providing them with more criminal opportunities or like you know they can help them with legal issues um so the offer to do so is based on the condition that the suspect confesses to the boss whatever crimes that they um the police believe the suspect has committed the police then use this confession in court to prosecute the suspect okay so obviously if someone is coming to you and is saying oh like and they're a criminal presumably like you'd be like they want you to admit to this crime, you want to seem hard, you're probably going to be like, yeah, like, I did this crime, I'm so bad. But anyway, so the Supreme Court of Canada, aka the SCC, believes these types of confessions pose the following issues. So first, sometimes the confessions that come from Mr. Big interrogations aren't reliable, like I said. A lot of the time, the suspects make these confessions to, you know, like, fit into the culture of the crime. And then so second, the court also believes that the confession can cause prejudice, and third, the Supreme Court believes that Mr. Big operations leave room for police misconduct. So the SCC ruled that Mr. Big induced confession should be ruled as presumptively inadmissible unless the crown can prove that the value of the confession is more valuable than the prejudicial effect that the evidence may have. So the evidence provided by the admission must be reliable and the reliability will be judged based on a set of markers of reliability, whatever that means. Um, well, actually, that, that includes things like evidence only the person that committed the crime would know or information that the pu- public doesn't know, you know, stuff like that. The SCC also ruled the following about police misconduct. So they said misconduct that offends the community's sense of fair play and decency will amount to an abusive process and warrant the exclusion of the statement.
0: Yeah, and my very good friend, Lisa Duffermont, an associate dean at York University's Osgoode Hall Law School told me that a confession has to have been made voluntarily, but that's where things can get a bit murky. The judges have to make judgment call to whether or not circumstances of the interrogation were too oppressive or coercive for the confession to be considered voluntary. Like you have mentioned, this is quite difficult for the judge, and it's completely up to their own judgment on whether or not an individual gets charged for a crime that they may have or may have not committed. Justice Lacabucci, on behalf of five other members of the Supreme Court of Canada said, it may seem counterintuitive that people would confess to a crime that they did not commit. However," This intuition is not always correct. A large body of literature has developed documenting hundreds of cases where confessions have been proven false by DNA evidence, subsequent confessions by the true perpetrator, and other such independent sources of evidence. Now, some of the cases that many of you guys would know would be by the techniques that Canada made in form of deception known as the Mr. Bake. This was pioneered by the RCMP in the early 1990s. The details vary from case to case, but it works something like this. An undercover officer posing as a gangster becomes friends with a murder suspect. He gets the suspect to do some low level work like making cash deposits, or delivering packages for his gang, and eventually the officer offers to introduce the suspect to his boss, Mr. Big, who is actually another undercover officer. Mr. Big then offers the suspect help with his legal troubles, but says that before he can do so, he needs a show of goodwill in the form of a confession. A famous case that was later on proven to be false confessions was when Andy Rose was convicted of the 1983 killing of two German tourists in British Columbia, which was based on a confession he'd given during a Mr. Big Sting eight years later on in 1999. Rose, a recovering alcoholic, was given beer during the sting. He was later on exonerated in light of DNA evidence. Although false confessions do still happen in Canada, police methods and the legal system are changing. However, another case in 1996, a 14-year-old girl was murdered in Regina. After more than 15 hours of interrogation, police eventually charged three young men with the killing, after each one of them confessed. All three were also innocent. Quote, all I know is for hours on end, I said, No, I had nothing to do with it. Next thing you know, I'm sitting here going, Sure, why not? I did it. Says Joel Labadee, one of the three men who falsely confessed. Labadee and the others were subjected to a questioning technique known as the raid model of interrogation, a method employed by police across North America. This tactic was compromised of multiple steps geared towards persuading a guilty person to confess, but all too often results in innocent suspects offering false confessions. This model was also used during police interrogations in the Central Park Jogger case in New York. These interrogations led to false confessions from five young men who ended up spending years in prison. These methods of interrogations are actually against our rights and freedom. Many of the methods of these interrogations violates the human rights, as defined in the Charter. The conditions of detention in which a person is held can also be inhuman or degrading. In the Greek case, the European Commission on Human Rights found that when the following conditions of detention amounted to violation of Article 3, overcrowding, no access to open air, limited lighting, no exercise, and prolonged detention. Sleep deprivation is also against Article 3, and the case with the 14-year-old girl murdered in Regina, the three young men were held for 15 hours of interrogation. The confession's rule also says that any confession that is a product of outright violence is admissible, and that the Crown must provide that the statement was not obtained by fear of prejudice. If there is any evidence that the accused was assaulted by police during interrogation, the conduct could impact on the will of the suspect for some time after. Threats of violence have an equally coercive effect. However, many of these interrogation methods consist of many violent threats, or detain them for many, many hours. The use of criminal methods of interrogation have also been something that's had legal limits in the context of domestic criminal law. It focuses on whether the investigators conduct words and actions that the statement is not only voluntary, but also based on surrounding circumstances. The psychological tactic aspects is not to obtain a confession but to convince him or her to provide a statement and an admission of guilt There are aggressive interrogation which replies on application of force or subjects of detainee types of treatment set out above are coercive because they require the detainee to choose between providing information and cooperating or enduring more of the treatment however coercive interrogation methods remove the choice completely, and this is why they are impermissible. In this context, coercion involves abuse tactics, whether physical or psychological, which are inherently
1: inhumane. So in the future, specific components of the READ model may become illegal considering the fact that health professionals believe it causes trauma to people who are subjected to it. Um, there's also now more pressure on law enforcement, like, ethically, so it's likely that even though there will be no laws created to prevent, um, to prevent using the READ model, it will likely die out as a result of the pressure to follow, you know, modern ethical standards. Um, Mr. Big operations still happen and will most likely continue now that the SEC has created, you know, clear guidelines for law enforcement that use the Mr. Big technique.
0: So, what is your opinion on all of these questionable interrogation tactics?
1: I think when it comes to the read model, that whole, you know, method of investigation should probably be illegal. Multiple mental health experts um, believe that it can cause emotional trauma to the suspects, and legal experts have said that the reason it gets so many suspects to confess is because it pressures innocent people to confess to crimes. Um, so, why should that be legal? I don't get why supporters of this method think that getting confessions from a suspect is a victory, when we know that a confession means nothing without evidence that supports the confession. Not to mention, the Reed model is pretty old, and ethical standards have changed from the 1950s when it was discovered. There are more modern ways to interrogate people now. So I feel like um, to avoid police misconduct, it should straight up be banned. I mean, like, there's a peace model. That is um, something that a lot of people are using now. So, again, what is the point of the read model now that we have other ways to do, you know, an interrogation?
0: For me, I think that Mr. big technique should have more limitations and rules. The Mr. Big-style investigations have actually been prohibited in the United States, United Kingdom, and Germany. Political and legislative oversight for undercover police investigations using methods similar to Mr. Big is lacking in Canada. Research shows that there was little or just no evidence of oversight for Mr. Big tactic from officials, including parliamentarians or other elected politicians, or from civilian police oversight bodies. The courts, by reviewing evidence brought forward in trials, served as the most frequent means of oversight for Mr. Big investigations. So there needs to be more considerations of the Mr. Big technique and possibly rethink about the circumstances this technique has.
1: Okay then, that was a very informing episode on questionable interrogation techniques. I think that's all we have today. Thank you for listening to us ramble, and remember to tune in to next week's episode of Criminal Crackheads. And remember, stay cracking.